Hey ghoul friends, it's me, Aiden or Adrian. Once again, either way, I'm still your host and you're listening to Susto, the podcast of ooky spooky scary stories. Welcome back. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't worry, you're not too late. We're only on episode three. So make sure you go back and listen to episodes one and two about La Llorona and the story of dancing with the devil, which uh, actually happened here in the valley or so they say. You guys, I'm having so much fun doing this, and I am happy that you all are enjoying it too, at least from what I've heard. I haven't gotten any complaints yet. If you do have complaints, feel free to uh, write them, handwritten letter, and then uh, go ahead and just crumple it up, set it on fire, shred it. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. I really do want to hear if you all have any suggestions or if you think I can improve in some way. This is my first foray into podcast production. Um, And I've really been enjoying myself, I guess, because I'm talking about something that I'm really like enthralled or uh, excited by. So that's probably why I like it so much. Anyway, yeah, regarding our last episodes, I had some quick things Someone did reach out to me and they did tell me that when they hear the story about dancing with the devil and I remember at the end of the episode or towards the end of the episode, I spoke about how it's kind of this trope, I guess, about how young women are expected to act or behave or present certain ways. And someone said that the way that they interpreted the story when they heard it was that it it was sort of like a don't trust people right away. You know what I mean? They said more specifically, it they interpreted it as sort of like, you know, be careful with who you trust with your heart. Be careful with men. You know, you never know. You enter, you enter a relationship or you enter just some sort of, oh, it doesn't have to be like a dating relationship. It can be a friendship. And then before you know it, you don't know who this person is. This person turns out to be pure evil, which I've experienced in many different ways. And I'm sure that we've all experienced that. But yeah, it was really neat to hear that interpretation from that person because I was like, yeah, totally. I can very much see that story being about that as well. But some updates, some really quick updates. Um, the email that you can send me your stories to if you don't have uh, access to Apple Podcasts, if you want to, again, if you want to send your stories or if you just want to email me about the show, you can send that to sustopodcast at gmail.com. S-U-S-T-O-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. But as always, if you do have Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star review and uh, leave your story in the review if you have a story to share. Yeah. Oh, one more thing. We I have an Instagram now. Susto has an Instagram now. And uh, that's just on Instagram at Susto Podcast. You can check there for updates on the show. You can check there for... What's it called? Uh, I'm going to be sharing pictures of stuff that I'm referencing. So if I have pictures of certain creepy uh, creatures or spirits or whatever I'm talking about on the show, I will try to find uh, a visual reference. I'm very much uh, a visual person. So I know that uh, I always appreciate when people share things like that. So for uh, you visual people out there or anyone, actually, if you just want updates on the show, please follow Susto Podcast on Instagram. And yeah, so today... I'm going to be telling a story about duendes. Now, normally I don't explain what the story is about before, but I feel like this is a very niche 
like cultural thing. It's very specific to certain cultures, including uh, the Mexican-American culture so or the Mexican culture. So I'm going to explain just very briefly what a duende is for those of you that may not know. A duende, as I heard it described growing up, was sort of like, like a goblin, gnome, fairy-esque creature, and they're troublemakers. So they're not like evil, but they're definitely little troublemakers. They're definitely little rabble-rousers. And I have my own duende story uh, myself, so make sure that you stay around so that you can listen to that short little tiny story after I tell this one that I have uh, ready for the episode right now. So yeah, just to give some of you a quick idea as to what a duende is, because I know that it's not, it's, or it's a very specific thing, very specific to certain cultures. So yeah, I am going to be telling uh, the story of an encounter with a duende. Mateo had just turned 13 at the beginning of summer when his family moved. He was having a hard time adjusting from city life to a rural setting. He was in a new place with no friends and would remain that way until he could meet kids his age when school started for the fall. One day, in the middle of unpacking his room, he decided to take a break and explore his new home. He eventually made his way outside. His home sat isolated between a dirt road and monte. The nearest neighbor was a 10-minute drive away. The sun was beating down directly overhead, and the only source of shade was the trees that stood at the edge of his backyard and the eerily inviting monte. Mateo sat at the foot of a tall mesquite tree thinking of ways to pass the remainder of the summer. While deep in thought, he heard a sudden shuffling in the bushes and grass behind him. Mateo jumped up and spun around to nothing. Maybe the wind was playing tricks on him. Then he heard it again. This time he could see the tall grass moving. Certain that it was a stray dog, he ran inside to grab a slice of turkey and ran back outside. No sign of the dog. Mateo loved animals and couldn't bear the idea of a hungry dog, so he ventured into the monte in search of a potential new pet. After an hour or two, he gave up on his search and devised a plan to leave a trail of turkey pieces leading back to the house. Before he made his way back, something caught his eye. It looked like a piece of pottery laying at the base of a nearby tree. With the sun setting, he decided he'd inspect it back home. That night, Mateo was woken up by the sound of something shattering in his room. He quickly turned the lights on and looked around for anything broken, but there was nothing. The next day, after finishing unpacking his things, he remembered the piece of pottery he found in the monte. He searched his room and the rest of the house, but he could not find it. His parents hadn't seen it either. He forgot about it and went about the rest of his day. After a trip to the supermarket, Mateo went back to his room with new batteries for his CD player but he couldn't find his headphones. Confused and frustrated, he settled for watching a movie in the living room. Before he knew it, Mateo was asleep and woke up in the middle of the night. He realized he had dozed off, and he was about to get up to go to his bedroom when the television turned on. Afraid that he would wake his parents, he scrambled to shut it off. He sat silently for a moment to make sure he didn't wake anyone up. He started walking to his room, when he heard something. It sounded like a knock, like something moving with him. He took a few more steps. It was coming from the wall. 
he ran to the nearest light switch, which was in the kitchen. Just as he started to calm himself and tell himself he was still dreaming, he heard a pitter-patter behind him. Struck with fear, he managed to slowly turn around. In the glow of the kitchen light, standing before him at knee level, Mateo was face to face with a duende. As always, I dive into a little bit of uh, history, a little bit of other examples of the story that I could find. So as I said earlier, I do have a personal experience with a duende. So just again, quick little overview of what these creatures are. They're supposed to be like gnome slash goblin slash fairy, like little creatures. I found uh, in one of the links that I was uh, doing research on online that they can be anywhere from a foot and a half to two or three feet tall so they're short little guys or gals i don't know or they're non-binary who knows anyway short little creatures and they're like i said earlier they're mischievous they're troublemakers i grew up hearing that they like to hide things from people or they like to move things around so like let's say you put a remote down go grab a snack, you come back and the remote's not there anymore. Or that they just generally fuck around with you (laughs) because they think it's funny. So my story, like I mentioned earlier, my encounter with a duende, I did not see one. And my sister is going to argue this. (laughs) And she, if you're listening, a girl, it it was a duende. And these lovely people listening to the show with you hopefully will believe me. Here's the tea. And here's why my sister's involved is because I think it was I think it was Halloween, actually, which, of course, it had to be on Halloween. My boyfriend and I were over at my mom's place and my sister's car was there. And well, it was Halloween. So we were helping my mom hand out candy to children that were trick or treating. And we were sitting outside And so I said, you know what, I want, let's play some music. Let's like, let people know that we're here. Like it's a little bit dark. We're kind of sitting in the dark. There's not too much lighting. My sister's car was there. So I thought, okay, we'll pop the trunk and the lights will be on and we can sit in the trunk and have out the candies there and play some music just to kind of liven up the place a little bit. So because we're one of the only people or my mom's, my mom is one of the only people that gives out candy on a Halloween night. So that's what we did. So I went inside, grabbed my sister's keys and went back outside and we did, you know, we did the thing. We're handing out candy. We were sitting in the trunk and I put the keys down in the trunk next to me. And at one point we got up because we were handing the candy out and didn't think anything of it. Like we're just, you know, enjoying the evening. And when the night was done, my mom was like, okay, let's lock up her car And we couldn't find the keys. None of us could find the keys. And I'm not going to say that I've I've never lost anything in my life. But things like that, I I usually keep pretty good track of those things. Like, I mean, I've locked my keys in my car before, but I've never lost them. Like, I, I, I don't lose, like, keys or wallets. Like, I am so scared of losing those things. And so I would have taken full responsibility had I lost it. But I know I didn't because I remember putting the keys down in the trunk of the car next to me. And my boyfriend remembers me putting them down and my mom, 
she remembers me taking the keys out, but she said, well, I don't remember you taking them in. So they have to be out here somewhere. And I remember for a while we we're like, oh, shit, did we give the keys away to a trick or treater on accident? But no, because why would I put the keys in the candy bowl? Right. I set them down in the trunk next to me. So they were just gone. And the part that freaks me out, I guess, the most is that my boyfriend remembers me again, putting the keys down next to me in the trunk. And I trust him more than I trust myself. He's super responsible. So like I was like, I I could easily be like, well, I thought I put them down. No, but the fact that he was like, no, I saw you put them down next to you. And that was the last time you touched them. And then they weren't there anymore. I mean, they didn't just vanish on their own. The keys didn't up and take off by themselves. So it's like, who moved them? And so I was convinced. I am still convinced that a duende was messing with us on Halloween night and took the keys and did who knows what with them. So, I mean, thankfully, my sister had a spare to her car somewhere, but it was like the first few months that she had that car <laughs> we and her keys got stolen by a duende. So it's kind of silly to think of now and it's a little bit funny, but it's like it's so frustrating. Those are those were my sister's car keys, duende, like how rude. But anyway, so now on to the examples that I have. So. One thing that was also reported, I guess is the word I'll choose, is that when duendes get tired, that they'll sit at the foot of a tree and fall asleep. And when they do that, they, apparently they're also shape-shifting creatures. So when they do that, they transform themselves into clay, into red clay. And so anyone who sees it would think that it was some sort of like uh, indigenous uh, American artifact or... Um, just like a, like a piece of clay, like pottery. And so they can get mistaken for that. Another thing that we saw or that I saw online is that they're not inherently evil creatures and they even sometimes do good. So they're known to live in like Montes, which for English speakers, a Monte is like, it's like, a, it's like a bushy area or just like a like a little forest maybe just just a place with a lot of foliage but there's a lot of montes all over the valley and if you're from the valley you know exactly what i'm talking about lots of you have a monte in your backyard or near your house and there's a canal somewhere on the other side of it but yeah so they're known to live in the wilderness as uh, more specifically in heavily wooded areas so yeah i mean just again just montes <clears throat> and yeah so that's pretty much all there is to to them. So I looked into the different backgrounds, I guess, of duendes, and there were a few. There's an origin of duendes from Portuguese. It says that the word duende is also used in Portuguese folklore, and it's used to describe goblins, pixies, and leprechauns, and that they're believed to be, again, of a small stature. And this is a very specific detail, that they wear big hats. I've see, I saw a lot in the research that I was doing was that they wear hats that are like they're like those like they look like wizard hats, you know, that like circle brim all the way around and like they're pointy. And usually like in some of the pictures that I found there, it's like a red hat in multiple of the pictures that I saw. And so, again, in the, in the Portuguese folklore, it said that they lure children, young children into the forest and they cause them to lose their way home, which kind of contradicts the other thing that I read earlier was that they do help people when they're lost in the wilderness. So. I mean, but I mean, there's no rhyme or reason to their madness, right? They're just fun-loving little things, huh? 
So there's also some folklore of them in the Philippines, and they actually spell it differently. It looks like it's pronounced exactly the same, duende. In Spanish, it's D-U-E-N-D-E, and in the Philippines, they spell it D-W-E-N-D-E, but it's the same pronunciation. They live in rocks, caves, old trees, unvisited and dark parts of houses, and they're said to live in anthills, and they're called it's here i know i'm not gonna say it right it's nuno sapunso but that translates to old man of the mound old man of the anthill i guess and also in the philippines they're categorized as being either good or evil apparently depending on their color which is either white or black which i mean that kind of sounds problematic to me but who knows Similar folklore, let's see, on this website it says that while its nature varies throughout Portugal, Brazil, Spain, Spanish-speaking America, and the Philippines, analogs from other creatures include the Danish-Norwegian Nice, Nice, N-I-S-S-E, probably not pronouncing that right either, the French Luton and Nain Rouge, the Irish Clur... The Irish Clurichon... Oh... Clericon, like, oh, Clericon, like Leprechaun. Okay. Um, yeah, Leprechaun and Fardarig. Again, that's from the Irish folklore. So I also found a couple of different stories about uh, other encounters with duendes. One of the most well-known duende sightings by far, and I remember this one, or I remember seeing it on the internet a long time ago. It happened in 2008, and it's a province in Salta, Argentina, it's a country steeped in stories of the creatures. So apparently there's there's been a lot of sightings of duendes in Argentina. So this specific sighting that I'm talking about from 2008 was made by a group of teenagers who were hanging out one evening after, finish, after a fishing trip. And they saw a tiny man dressed in a wide pointed hat that emerged from the dark and did a strange kind of sideways shuffle across the road. And one of the teenagers, Jose Alvarez, was able to capture the being on his cell phone, on his camera. And someone actually interviewed him, this Jose Alvarez, and he was quoted saying, We were chatting about our last fishing trip. It was one in the morning. I began to film a bit with my mobile phone while the others were chatting and joking. Suddenly we heard something, a weird noise as if someone was throwing stones. We looked to one side and saw that the grass was moving. To begin with, we thought it was a dog. But when we saw this gnome-like figure begin to emerge, we were really afraid. This is no joke. We are still afraid to go out, just like everyone in the neighborhood is now. One of my friends was so scared after seeing that thing that we had to take him to the hospital. So, again, that was Jose Alvarez. And the short clip was uploaded onto the internet and you can see it, it looks, it's moving kind of weird. I'm going to try and put this on the Instagram so that you all can see it. And yeah, it's, some people thought it was a hoax, but, and there's been a lot of speculation about it. Some people say that it was a human with dwarfism playing a prank on them. But a lot of people really genuinely believed that it was a duende. Again, this sighting happened when there was a bunch of different sightings that were happening around the same time in the same area. And apparently people, I'm guessing experts on CGI came to the conclusion that whatever this was, it wasn't CGI. And so they're kind of like unable to explain it. And the only explanation we have is from that group of teenagers that saw this thing and freaked out. So interestingly, 
there's been, like I said, a lot of sightings and encounters in Argentina. In 2011, the area of Suncho Corral, Argentina, experienced a wave of the sightings and encounters with a duende, with one specific duende that by all accounts was malevolent. This one, for some reason, was kind of evil or just mean. This specific duende in question was said to have that typical big hat as well as large elfin ears and was blamed for a series of at least a dozen vicious unprovoked attacks on children and the elderly walking alone at night. In some cases it was reported that the duende knocked kids off of their bicycles, that some people were beaten into unconsciousness, and the police allegedly were flooded by so many complaints from terrified residents that they actually declared a state of emergency and implored people not to go out at night. I'm going to look this up and see if this is true. Okay, so I, I just looked that up. Uh, I was going to kind of just skip over it and let you all make your own decisions about that or look that up on your own. But I just looked it up and I it, it seems like this actually happened. Like the police issued like a state of warning on this website here. It says that I'm guessing that same gnome that I'm talking about right now. One of the first attacks was that it sucker punched a 14 year old boy and says a source told the son he crossed by a dark area at the back of school when he was hit from behind by the creature known as the dwarf or shorty eared one uh, another resident who described the culprit as a tiny man with pointy ears and an enormous hat was violently knocked off of his bicycle by the creature and when he tried to run away it blocked his path and shouted you shall not pass through here the gnome then proceeded to beat the rider unconscious juan cruz farina a priest from St. Michael's Church told Spanish language news uh, Rosario Tres that he believed the creature to be a work of magic and that a priest, Juan Cruz Farina, uh, was quoted saying, the church could attempt an exorcism in an effort to expel demons from the possessed body. However, he went on to say that, quote, nothing about this case suggests a possession. It could be many other things, such as fanciful imaginings of confusion by the people of Suncho. I therefore ask everyone to take matters calmly and above all to have faith in God. There's an explanation to all phenomena. It's strange. Like, I don't know. I mean, there's always like, what's the, a falia do where people are experiencing the same sort of mania or what have you. But yeah, apparently local police did receive calls about all of this and they issued that state of alarm warning residents not to venture off alone after dark. This is intense and it's weird that it seems to be confirmed that the police actually, you know, released that warning for the area. Also from Argentina, another story, another spooky account came from a family in the town of Santa Fe in 2011. The couple noticed that their young son, Benjamin, had begun to behave strangely, and they often saw Benjamin, a toddler at the time, playing and talking to himself at nap time as if with an imaginary friend. One day in January of 2011, the Benjamin's mother, Sylvia, noticed him acting weirdly in the hallway and uh, again, talking to himself as if someone were there. She claimed that she decided to videotape him because, again, the behavior was just weird to her. And so out of curiosity, she recorded him. And then she noticed a shadowy, skinny humanoid creature with gray skin run across the room behind him as if trying to avoid being detected as she filmed. The mother, Sylvia, claimed that Whatever it was exuded an unbearable stench and produced some sort of electrical interference with the camera, which can actually be seen in the footage. Besides this startling encounter, the family claimed that there seemed to be more than one of the creatures inhabiting their home. 
and that their son continued to frequently play and talk with them for several years after the video was taken. Sylvia, the mother, was quoted as saying, they don't appear to be hostile, but the stench is unbearable, and they emit a blood-curdling scream at night. Which, I've never heard of the duendes being vocal or screaming, but I have heard of them being, like, pack creatures, I guess. Like, it's always uh, it's always stories about duendes that, or it's typically stories about duendes that I hear multiple, not just one. Um, and there's actually footage of this one, too. Again, I'm going to try and get this on the Instagram so that y'all can see. They're kind of creepy. The footage came to light in 2014 when the family claimed that they were tired of keeping their experience a secret and they wanted outside opinions of what they, what they, ca what they captured on the video. Of course, it's the internet, so debate immediately opened up as to what exactly was in the video. And although the figure is quite clear, there have been many people who have found signs that point to it being a hoax, such as, for example, the fact that its shadow seems unnaturally distinct. Even when a table leg it passes, casts a fainter shadow, and that it does not move as would be expected of a, of, a, of, a, of a creature that small. One of the commenters on the footage named James Nelson has analyzed it and has given his opinion of the footage, which, you know, lots of people on the internet have opinions, but let's see what James said. He's quoted as saying, the shadow of the creature is a single strong distinct shadow that remains clear and distinct even as the shadow comes close to the table leg, which has no discernible shadow at all. Okay, I get that. Plus, it looks like CG motion, not natural motion. Small, light creatures don't move like that. It's just the physics of the situation. Mass slash weight increases with the cube of the height. It's running with the gait of a full-sized human. I mean, take a look at the video and see for yourself if it looks fake. I have seen this video too in the past and it looks really creepy and I kind of get what he's saying. I remember when I saw it, I was like, why is it running like that? It's small. I would expect it to like scurry. You know what I mean? One of the most bizarre cases of all in recent years of duendes was in 2016, and it was an account from Nicaragua in which a woman made the incredibly odd and dramatic claim that she was kidnapped by the creatures and kept captive for five days and six nights. The woman, only known as Jasmina, claims that she was out playing near her home in Monte Oscuro, Nicaragua, when a group of the menacing little entities appeared and lured her up a hill where they abducted her and put her in a cave. And according to the report, her family sought advice from a local witch and were finally able to locate her. The original report says that 15 years earlier, another girl had been kidnapped by the creatures and held captive in the very same cave. Apparently, these gnomes or goblins are a serious problem in the area. And one local is quoted as saying, Currently, there are many of these creatures living in San Silvestre and in Piordicho, in Monte Oscuro, and in La Gualapa. There are a lot that live in San Silvestre and around it. They stay away from the church, and they also exist in other nearby areas. In San Jose, they live in another hill there, and they communicate from hill to hill. Another country that has a good number of reports of mysterious gnome-like creatures is Mexico, where the Duende lore is really prominent. One account was given by a Jasmine R who recounted an encounter that her mother had in Michoacan, Mexico. According to the report, her mother and a friend decided to sneak into a large abandoned house at the corner of a street. That's what that was one of my things as a kid is I always wanted to go into abandoned places. And there was one that was on the other side of the public park by my house growing up. 
And it was said that like a murder happened there, that like a witch lived there. And I remember I went with my friends one time and we snuck into like the front part of the house. It was like one of those like a screened in porches. And so we went in. The house is completely abandoned and like in decay. And the front, the actual front door, like into the rest of the house was chained up. And we're like, oh, that's so weird. And so we're like looking like what's in there. And I remember one of my friends, he peeked in and he like literally like ran backwards and like just ran out of the house out of the porch so of course we're all freaking oh i'm getting chills right now we're all freaking out and we all ran out with him and we like ran into the park and i'm like what did you see like what the hell happened apparently he and i was in like high school when this happened apparently when he peeked like between the crack of the front doors he said that there was like there was an altar in there and the thing that freaked him out the most was that all the candles on the altar in there were on it's like who leaves an altar full of candles on by itself? Like it's not like it's a church where people are in and out or someone's taking care of it. This house was completely abandoned, left alone. The doors were chained like and we had been at the park for like an hour already watching the house before we decided to like go for it. So like we didn't see anyone like get there or leave and just just candles were on. It was creepy. I'm like, I'm glad I wasn't the one that looked in there. Anyway, back to this story. So according to the report, the mother and a friend decided to sneak into a large abandoned house at the corner of a street, and she described what happened next. She's quoted as retelling her mother's story. Jasmine says that they opened the door, and while her mom was telling her the story, that she had goosebumps all over her arms. As they were walking around, they hear a noise and instantly turn, and they see a small little human about half a foot in height. They screamed, and it startled the little creature, so the creature screamed as well. She said that it had a high-pitched scream, just like one of Santa's elves would be. Oh, Santa. <laughs> That's what happens when you're, like, reading in Spanish and English. It said that it had a high-pitched scream, just like one of Santa's elves would be. Santa St. Nicholas. But scarier. It was a scarier scream. It started running really fast around the whole room. Their eyes followed the gnome as it made at least three laps around the room until they didn't see it anymore. It just vanished. After processing what had just happened, they ran out of the house and never, ever returned. They were too scared to even walk by the house to get to school. They never told anyone. They thought that no one would believe them. She says that she will never forget the terrified face on that small creature. She will never forget the screams of pure horror that came from both her and the gnome. Another such report listed on the National Cryptid Society website comes from Tampico, Tamaulipas, Mexico, where the witness claims that in 2003 he had been out with his little brother and cousin playing basketball at around dusk, a few blocks from his grandmother's house. As they played, the witness went to catch a ball that had bounced off of the hoop to keep it from rolling out into the street. And that was when he noticed a bizarre creature lurking in the growing shadows of dusk. The witness describes a surreal encounter. The description is quoted as, It was like a little person no bigger than two feet. It had the face of an old man with a fairly large nose and old ragged clothes that looked like they were handmade and a hat something like a garden gnome would wear. One of those pointy hats, but it wasn't straight up and it hanged down to the side. It was crouched down almost like in hiding, and when I got too close to it, that's when it stood up, looked at me, and ran away from me. Believe me, my first thought was not to chase it. I was scared stiff, but my cousin and little brother saw it too and ran. When it ran, it was headed for the other side of the court. I couldn't believe the speed of it. To be so small, it made it to the other side in mere seconds, almost in a blink of an eye. It ran behind the post, and it was gone. I snapped out of it, and I started to run home as well. 
As I ran past that same post, this thing ran behind. I turned to look up to see if it was there, but it was gone. When I got home, my little brother and cousin had already told the adults what had happened, and they told us that these creatures are called duendes. Also from Mexico is a creepy report sent in by a poster on the Darkness Prevails website in which the witness describes a chilling encounter with a duende in 2017. This is really recent. The witness claims that he had been at a party with six friends and they had been chatting in the backyard of the house as the party wound down and people began to leave. He says that he just he was staring off at another house and he noticed something move through the shadows, which at first he thought it was a cat, but he soon found out that it was something a little more bizarre. The witness describes the next terrifying events as it looked like a dwarf, but really short and skinny. I yelled at my friends and we all just stared at it. That's when one of my friends started running towards it and told us to catch it. We all started running towards it and it ran and we were all chasing it, trying to catch up to it quickly. We were jumping all over each other, trying to catch it until finally my best friend caught it by its legs. We were really up close and that's when I saw it. It had no hair and a very veiny head and it was really pale too but I saw its all black eyes and its mouth. I thought it was a mouth. It Oh, I'm just reading this right now. It had stitches, like its mouth had been stitched shut. It sent shivers down my spine and my friend still held it in his right hand by the foot. Ugh, that's when its mouth opened, stitches looking like toothpaste when it opened. And it bit my friend in his chest. He let go of it and it ran off under some fences. My friend was groaning, holding his chest. He wasn't bleeding a lot, but whatever it was left him a huge cut that will probably turn into a scar. Ugh, that is the ugliest <laughs> story that I've heard so far. Those are, that was, that was quite a bit of examples that I found. So just really quick to go over the websites that I used. Uh, the one that I read a lot of these, or the one that I read Pretty much all of the random encounters, a website called mysteriousuniverse.org. This whole, uh, all these little stories were compiled or posted on here by a Brent Swancer. Thanks, Brent. I also looked at the website that I cross-referenced that story in Argentina where the police released a state of uh, warning was Week in weird.com i also used a website called paranormalencounters.com i think i used this one last time i found a page on remescalad.com that was just a bunch of different uh different spooky stories and i'll probably be looking back at that one to do maybe my next uh story on but yeah that was today's episode about duendes little sneaky troublemaking creatures i hope you like this episode if you do please make sure to leave a five-star review on apple podcasts make sure to subscribe on apple podcasts on stitcher the podcast is also available on our website at the thank you all so much for listening i'm never going to stop saying how much fun i'm having making this show and i really hope that y'all are enjoying it too so again please 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 like five stars subscribe share again if you have a story that you want me to share on the show feel free to do that by leaving your story in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you do not have Apple Podcasts, go ahead and send me an email to sustopodcast at gmail.com and make sure to follow our Instagram page. I'm going to be posting some pictures and videos of duendes on that page. Again, it's at sustopodcast on Instagram. And I'll talk to you all later. Watch out for duendes. Bye.
This is Aneta Podcast.